Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another fabulous edition of the Fantasy Affair Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Burke. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBurkeholder6. Joined, as always, by Bradley the Stickler at FF Bourbon Dude. We are going to break down some breakouts, some busts, and, of course, the value plays uh, heading into the season. Now, we're, we, we're a dynasty pod. We're going to come at you from a dynasty perspective, but we still want to look at this year. We don't want to lose sight of winning. Okay. Adam Thielen should still be rostered, even though he's been left for dead. Same with Zach Ertz. A lot of vets that people think are absolute trash. They still need to be rostered. But in this particular show, we're going to plant a few flags. We're going to pick some guys uh, and tell you, you know, where we got them and why. So we're going to start the quarterback position. Brad, why don't you kick us off? Because I know you've been dying to talk about this guy. You haven't talked about him ever on this podcast. Uh, he's a brand new name. Uh, I'm pretty sure you just Googled him. Talk to me about your boy. Yeah, I'm I'm popping popping the cherry on the show. First time I'm bringing this guy's name up, it's going to be a shock to everyone, and it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. My Cleveland Browns, and I've talked about him constantly, but I'm going to come at a different angle this time because if you've listened, you've heard all of the statistics that I use to kind of talk through why I think he's a breakout candidate for this season. The other thing to, to take into account is Baker's had several changes in his three years in the league, right? He's dealt with Freddie Kitchens. He's dealt with Hugh Jackson. He's dealt with Kevin Stefanski. Now he, it's his second year with Kevin Stefanski. And just for some, some context, right? You, you, let's talk kind of recent guys that have had offensive coordinator changes and what has happened from year one to year two and everybody's darling of last year, Josh Allen, right? You see Josh Allen in his three years, he got to deal with Brian DeVault and he goes from year one to year two. He made a 33% yardage jump. So his yardage from his first year to his second year with Brian DeVault went up. His touchdowns went up by 50%. From his fresh from his first season to his second season, his interceptions dropped thirty some odd percent. And then, not to mention, you see the historic season QB one season that he had last year, which just proves there's more growth there from year two to year three. Another guy that you can think of recently, Arthur Smith and the Tennessee Titans, with bringing Ryan Tannehill in from Miami, and you saw some 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 sparks from Ryan Tannehill. He had a top 10 season as a quarterback in Miami under Adam Gase. It's very similar. Baker Mayfield, we saw huge production from him the back half of his rookie season with Freddie Kitchens calling the plays with Hugh Jackson, and you see him break rookie touchdown records, right? So Tannehill saw a very similar jump from year one to year two, about a 28% jump in yardage, 33% jump in touchdowns. He kept the same inter interception rate. Right. So you see again now a recent example of a guy going from year one to year two, seeing a jump. I would argue you saw some of these things happen last year for Baker Mayfield. You saw him the front half of the season go from 60 percent completion percentage to about 64, 65 percent completion percentage. You saw him go from seven interceptions in the first half of the season to only one interception in the second half of the season. You saw him throw for 2,200 yards in the second half of the season versus 1,400 yards in the first half of the season. So you saw him 
progress as he he caught on to that Kevin Stefanski offense. And now you add Odell Beckham back into the fold, a second year with everybody coming back. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Chubb, Hooper, Hunt, all these guys coming back for the same offense. And they're going to kick it off against the Kansas City Chiefs and hopefully get some of that sweet revenge in week one. I can't wait. But Baker Mayfield going off the board right now is the QB 19. That is disrespectful that he's never even finished QB 19. He's been 18 and 16 twice. So you're, you're drafting him at his absolute floor. There's no way he is under QB 19 in a healthy season. I think with this offense, you're looking at a guy who's breaking that QB one territory top 12, which is why I have him marked as a breakout. Now, again, this is a dynasty podcast. Where do you get your ADP? Fantasy Pros. I pulled mine from Dynasty Fantasy Pros. I pulled mine from Sleeper. They made it very available to us content creators. Thank you, Sleeper. Uh, that's my favorite favorite place to pay uh, outside of those places that have crazy ADPs because you can take advantage of people that don't do their homework. Uh, but Sleeper's great for everybody, and the communication's fantastic. So, But it's a Dynasty pot. So if Baker finishes QB 10, 11, 12, that's not really what we're looking for. We're looking for a jump up in ADP, right? We're looking for a guy that now is going to be viewed as a top 10 quarterback. And when I look at the quarterbacks here, Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott's five, Justin Herbert's pretty high. That's six. You know, Deshaun Watson will probably pop in there seven. There's only a few more spots, and that's filled right now by Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. And then it opens up around QB 12 because you got Hurts and Rodgers and Stafford and some people that are going to be aging, right? So, do you really like what would it take for Baker to jump into the top 10? Um, that that's the real question here. Now, Josh Allen's a great, great pick. And he's not talking about his MVP caliber season last year. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about 2019. From 2018 to 2019, his second year, when he went from you know, quarterback 21 to quarterback eight. And there were still questions about Josh Allen, but he had clearly made a leap. It's just whether he could sustain it. If Baker makes that leap into the top 10, I don't think there's going to be these questions of whether he can sustain it. Uh, the same thing with Ryan Tannehill, year one to year two. Now, he did light it up as soon as he got to Tennessee and got that starting job. But then it was, can he sustain it under Arthur Smith? And now Ryan again, new offensive coordinator. Can he do it again with the with the new coaches in town? Like, Can he keep it up? Derrick Henry's there. Do add Julio. What does this mean for Tannehill? So there's all these guys that Baker's in in a bunch with. I think it's going to be tough. The two things I wanted to point out about Tannehill and Josh Allen, as soon as you brought them up, things that stood out to me, they both have less than 500 pass attempts in those two years you're talking about. 2019 for Josh Allen. Clearly last year he blew it up like 541. Ryan Tannehill, 481 last year. They're rushing upside. Seven touchdowns for Ryan Tannehill last year. Nine, eight, and nine every year of his career for Josh Allen. When you're not throwing the ball upwards of 550, 600 times, even if you're efficient, which I do think Baker Mayfield has proven he can and will be efficient in Stefanski's offense. Like he wasn't Freddie Kitchen's offense. He definitely sure shit will be in Stefanski's. When you get into the goal line, there's no real rushing upside to Baker, right? He's a quarterback. He he's mobile. He can move. He's got some wheels. He's He's got his eyes downfield. He's looking to hit the guy in the back of the end zone. He's not looking for the pylon. So looking at a pure stat-driven top 10, 
how many attempts, how many yards, how many touchdowns is it going to take for Baker Mayfield to cement himself in that top 10? Not necessarily top five, because we know that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, like you can Dak Prescott, bam. It's tough to overcome them, even if they struggle, right? What would it take for Baker to cement himself just below those guys? Yeah, I think if they get into the 550 attempt range, that that's where you can see his efficiency, his touchdowns, and his low interception ratio uh, really come into play and put him in that top 12 consideration. When you look at him from week 12 on, they were averaging over 35 attempts a game. Right. That's putting you right in that 550 range. It's pretty, pretty damn close. So uh, that that's where I think he needs to be to really put him in that. If he's below that, it's going to be tough just based on volume alone, regardless sure. of how efficient he is. Sure. Let's talk about yards, man. What are we looking at? Forty five hundred four grand. How many touchdowns? Give me the so, goods. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So Baker Mayfield, I, I yeah, I'm, I've been charting some stats for us that we're hopefully going to have up on the website here in, in a couple weeks before you guys to take a look at in season. But Baker Mayfield, when you take a look at yardage versus yards after the catch, he had the lowest ratio among quarterbacks with 300 or more attempts. Right. So what he needs is Odell Beckham. He needs Odell Beckham to give him yards after the catch. He needs Donovan Peoples-Jones to give him yards after the catch. That's not a huge thing for Jarvis Landry. He's always that kind of possession. He's always been kind of that possession receiver. He's damn good at it, but he's not that yards after the catch kind of monster that you're looking for that I think Odell Beckham can really help him out with. So if he has Odell for the entire season, I think you're going to start to see his yardage hit that 43 to 4,400 yardage mark, uh, looking at those 550 or so attempts. It's just the name that keeps sticking out to me when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Just keeps sticking at me. I'm going to give you the numbers. 516 attempts, you give him that 17th game, you're looking at about 550. Very efficient, 4,200 yards, 4,265 Right, give him the extra game, bump that up. 35 touchdowns, 13 picks. That is a good NFL quarterback. That is fantastic. He had no defense this year. He had one rushing touchdown. He doesn't really run the ball, but he did end up getting in the end zone. This is Kirk Cousins, who last year was quarterback 11. Now, the age gap and just the stigma around Cousins, who people forget he was top 10 three years in a row. He was QB5 and QB6 out there under Kyle Shanahan. In Washington. So that's just gone by the wayward because you have to just do it every year. Like Matthew Stafford's the only one that I can think of that somehow keeps this, this high profile when he hasn't been top 10 in three years. He's got excuses, but it's still a fact, right? Yep. So yep. I'm, I'm afraid because it's still QB 11, right? QB 10 is not that far off. It's a few points. I'm afraid without the wheels that Baker's going to have a tough time. Going to have a tough time to break into the top. That's just, yep. That's just that's why you're playing your guy. That's why he's a breakout. That's why he's busting on the scene, yep. right? That's what we're looking for. Baker Mayfield, that's a great pick, especially with that yards after catch. We see Donovan Peoples-Jones showing up in the preseason. He is as athletic as they come in the NFL, and that is saying something for a, a league ruled by, you know, gods amongst men out there that are just physical freaks. So he's got a shot, man. He's got weapons. Odell looked good in shorts. He did. Hey, he did. He always does. He yeah, did. It's not a question of talent. It, it's never been a question of talent. So we'll we'll see how, how this season looks. We will. Baker but. is set up with the second year. 
He is set up with athletic weapons. He's got a tight end, a couple wide receivers, some sleeper picks at wide receivers, a great run game, a solid defense, a tough division that's going to make them score points. Anybody that doesn't think that they can at will score, go watch them play the Ravens last year uh, in, in the second game of that series. And just, man, was that yep. fun. Man, was that 40 fun. 40-something points. That was a great game. Dude, fantasy matchups were won and lost that night yep. across yep. the industry. Uh, oh, yeah. So my pick here is it was tough quarterback because I just named off all the reasons I don't know if somebody can get in the top ten. It feels pretty cemented. I don't I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to stay there. Deshaun Watson's out of that. I think he's going to jump back in there. I, I don't know if Justin Herbert's going to stay in there. Josh Allen, I still I think he's made the leap, but there still is like a world where somebody gets hurt, Lamar gets hurt, Josh regresses a bit. It's just to get in the top ten is so tough. So when I was looking at this list, I saw Tua at eighteen because he picked Baker at nineteen. I think Baker's a great pick. He looks great. I see Tua 18, similar situation. A bunch of weapons. You know, there's a stigma around him. But it, there was a there was a time in our lives when we thought a team was tanking for this man. People were forcing their way out of Miami because we knew they were going to get Tua. And he was going to be this godsend. And he took over after missing most of a year, the broken hip, and a terrible offense. It was just he didn't know all the plays. And you could tell it looked like Jaguars preseason week one and two. It looked You're just... It's too vanilla. They they know what you're doing. No, it's not going to work. Going to have to take some shots. And I think this year Tua can make a leap. But top ten, I don't know. I don't know. Tua did show some wheels, but the, the, without the rushing upside to get in the top ten of a dynasty, is so difficult. Uh, so I went with a sleeper pick here as a breakout, a man that was selected in the top three by the New York Jets that has done diddly. Uh, it made me want to vomit. But when I looked at the ADP from sleeper. This is the guy I went with. I went with Mr. Sammy Darnold that now gets hooked up with those weapons in Carolina and an offensive coordinator that knows, seemingly knows what he's doing. All right. He seemingly knows what he's doing. A guy that has finished no higher than quarterback 25 as a rookie. Man, it's rough around the edges. They have a volume driven offense. They have a ton of yards after the catch guys. A ton. Even Robbie does it with the deep ball but but we're looking at DJ Moore. We're looking at Curtis Samuel. Uh, I'm sorry, Curtis Samuel's left. We're looking at Christian McCaffrey. Excuse my French. Christian McCaffrey can make anybody look good. And when he went to Carolina, first my first thought was everybody's dead. Damn it. Why'd you go get him? And then they give him his fifth-year option. So they will give him this year, definitely try and take the reins. And they're not necessarily in it. So they can go ahead and throw him to the wolves and see what he's got. Uh, and I look at Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater last year was QB 19. It's nothing special. Had less than 500 attempts. He somehow had five rushing touchdowns. So they do have action near the goal line. Gets the quarterback out in space. He only threw for 15 touchdowns. If Sam Darnold can't throw, can't combine for more than 20 touchdowns, he's dead in the water. He's never done that in his career. right? But he's quarterback 26 right now in dynasty startups. He's 24 years old. He was the number three overall pick for a franchise that ruined itself out there to gain green. Now, we will have uh, your boy Green on Thursday, the beat reporter, for, beat reporter for the New York Jets that will be returning. And so we are going to get an inside scoop of how the New York Jets are turning things around. Don't let me shit on them too hard. But the fact of the matter is <laughs> Sam Darnold was, was handed two cards in a five-card Monty. So what is he going to do? Like, what are you going to do? You, you, I don't have a full hand. I don't have a, I'm playing against the playing against the house here. So for him to go from quarterback 26 into the top 15 
I'm going to consider a breakout. He's pretty much left for dead. We get this year to do it. We get Joe Brady. We get those weapons uh, with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall looks pretty good. Christian McCaffrey is back. If he goes down, Chubba Hubbard is a fill-in. It's not the same. but They're not going to flounder too hard, right? And they're going to give him every opportunity. And the arm talent's there. He's going to throw picks. He's going to make mistakes. They're going to have to rejuvenate him. But when I watched him uh, in training camp and anything you can watch, right? I'm on NFL Network. I'm on the app. I'm on Twitter. I'm hitting beat beat reporters. I'm Googling them. Anything I could see, he looks different. he's He's got that swagger back like he belongs to be the quarterback. Like he's all in now. Like he's not pussyfooting around, right? So some of my favorite things to see in a quarterback is when they get especially a young one. When someone comes at them, because the offensive line, they're all in their 30s, right? They're all grown-ass men. And they come, they go, the quarterback goes and asks a question, and the offensive line comes back at them, right? I want to see what the quarter, how the quarterback reacts. And last year I saw it. He went to him and said, what do you see out there? And, and his center said, if they're sending six and we only have five, I don't know what you want me to tell you. So that's not good, right? Well, so far in camp, He's chirping back and trying to lead his troops. So I don't think all hope is lost. Acute quarterback 26, I think there's a real opportunity. And the biggest thing with Sam and why he makes my breakout list is everybody else in ADP that I can think of has done it, right? Or they're a rookie. Like, I'm not going to pick Trevor Lawrence. He's QB7 right now. I can't pick Joe Burrow who could do his QB9. Trey Lance, Justin Fields are 10 and 11. So they can't break out. How high can they go? Uh, Kirk Cousins has done it. Matt Ryan's done it. Carson Wentz has done it. Maybe maybe I would have picked Jameis Winston to do it again, but he's already broken out. So a, a true breakout at quarterback, because he took Baker, and I didn't want to take two of them. too close. Sam Darnold can easily pop into the top 15 if he can throw north of 25 touchdowns and north of 4,000 yards in a 17-game season on a team that doesn't really play defense and is loaded with weapons with an offensive coordinator that should be able to put anyone in a position to succeed. We are Teddy Bridgewater fans. The truth of the matter is he's not a spring chicken. He's not the most talented quarterback in the NFL. So if they can make Teddy successful enough, I think they can do real things with Sam Darnold. So I'm going to be quiet here as he shreds this argument. I've been trying to talk a long time. it sounds it sounds good. It's just that Sam Darnold. I'll just, I'll just let him do it. I'll just let him do it. Go it ahead, it's Brad. it's interesting to me that you say there's a world where he's top fifteen if he does north of twenty five touchdowns, north of four thousand yards, uh, both of which, neither of which he's ever done in his career. Yeah, so it's going to be a basically breakout. saying it's a breakout because he hasn't done anything to show me that he can do anything, but he's going to have a career year this year. Like there's nothing that exactly. backs up what he's going, why he's going to do that. And I would argue Teddy Bridgewater is better than Sam Darnold and was the QB 19 last year, right? So you got to, I just don't see it. Even even if you add that game, Teddy Bridgewater might not even be over 4,000 yards passing, right? And that was with what I think is a better receiving core than he's got right now with Curtis Samuel leaving. So because uh, don't get me wrong, I love Terrace Marshall, but he's still a rookie wide receiver, learning the offense, learning the NFL. It's, it's he's different. not learning the offense. Right? So, he's not learning the offense. 
He's if going into his old offense. I think it's the exact same Doesn't college exact. offense, which is ridiculous, but I understand what you're saying. He is there with the coach that he's familiar with, 100%. But you play the game differently at the NFL level than you do at the college level because you have to. So, I, but it's just funny to me that you're like, he's going to have, he needs to have a career year times two to be top 15. That is, I don't even think he, there's not a world in my eyes where he's top 15. I just, I don't see how there's no, there's nothing that shows me that he even has the capability to do that at this point. Right. And everybody says, Oh, Joe Brady. Oh, Joe Brady. What's Joe Brady done with that offense other than Christian McCaffrey? Well, he didn't have Christian McCaffrey. He made. Oh yeah, that's right. Three he didn't wide all. receivers. Hit a thousand total yards at the NFL. Robbie level, Anderson absolutely. finally broke for out. Fantasy, I don't care. Robbie don't Anderson care finally fantasy. broke they're out. There are a bunch of wide receiver twos. Your There's boy, a bunch of wide receivers. Curtis Samuel two. finally broke out. Like. I'm not picking the wideouts. I'm saying the quarterback at age 24, yeah. going into his 25th season. Hey, all he's got to do to get in the top 15 of dynasty ADP is to finish sniff the top 12. For Baker I, to break in to be a breakout for Baker Mayfield. He's going to have to be like top seven or eight. It's going to have to blow up. So yeah, I we'll will see. take my shot yeah. on Sammy Darnold. I get it, though. It's gross. It's yeah. a gross pick, but I, that's quarterback's the worst one to call a breakout. I respect it, though. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody else has done it. Jameis is my guy. He was just top five two years ago. You can't say he's going to break out. It's dumb. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the value play at quarterback. Um, we both agreed on your pick. I am going to talk about Jameis. Um, Jameis Winston, just real quick. Jameis Winston is lacking weapons. He is Michael Thomas down. Alvin Kamara uh, is his only real guy. We see Marquez Calloway looking good. Traquan Smith hasn't really played. Just lost Troutman. He's in a tough spot. We're, we're betting on Sean Payton. That's who we're betting on. But at a value play, Jameis Winston, with that arm talent and with that scheme and his ability to just – he talked about it a lot, what he learned from Drew Brees. You don't – you don't need to look at results. You know, look at your process. Make sure your process is good. Make sure your decisions are good, right? If that's throwing the ball away or throwing it in the dirt, checking it down, just do that every time because it's a check mark. Don't worry about results. Results will come as your process uh, improves. And it's, he seems to have taken that to heart because there was more than once in the preseason. I get it's preseason, but he is fighting for a job against an uber-talented guy that went 3-1 and one with a, what was he, like 70% completion percentage, Taysom Hill last yep. year. That's a yep. tough job to win. Now, we agreed that Taysom would have to be – we said this like February Long or March. Time ago. Taysom yeah. would have to be so much better because of what he brings to the offense. He would have to just win it going away. So we thought Jameis would be in it. I didn't know if Jameis would win it going away, but I knew Taysom wouldn't. Um, but Jameis looks good. He looks good out there. I'm betting on Sean Payton. I'm betting on Jameis Winston. And it's a value play. Jameis Winston right now in startups – Quarterback twenty nine. The only other na- the only other name down here that threw me off because he's a trade target for my contenders is Big Ben Roethlisberger at thirty two because he cost you nothing. Cost you nothing. I was going to talk about Tommy Brady. It's my guy. I think he's the best buy in Dynasty. He's quarterback twenty. That's nuts. It's a one year rental, guys. Like I don't. He better light it up. He better light it up. Where I have him, I'm happy. But in a startup. There's no way in hell I'm thinking Tom Brady is the 20th quarterback off the board because it's it's a one 
year rental. So when I look at value, Big Ben at 32 with all those weapons, we expect the weapons to be good. Somehow he won't be. So I'll bet on that. And Jameis Winston at 29, 27 years old, quarterback 29 right now in ADP, 27 years old, got the pedigree, and a former number one overall pick from the same division that was just cherry-picked, took a price cut, learned under Drew Brees, learned under Sean Payton, and now gets the keys to that offense. Weapons or not, there's no way in hell Jameis Winston is going quarterback 29 this time next year. Uh, Talk to me about that and then tell me your value play here. Yeah, no, I I think that's a smash play. And you talked about it. We've talked about how, you know, we all, Brian included, Matt included, said Jameis Winston is is going to be the guy. Like, there's there's no way that they look at just the arm talent alone and say, we're going to go with Taysom. Because Sean Payton is a very good football coach. And we trust that he's able to coach some of those bad tendencies out of Jameis Winston and throwing those interceptions that year behind Drew Brees that you talked about. So I think that's a great call at a value play late in dynasty drafts to go and get a guy who can very possibly get a contract depending on how he plays this year in New Orleans. We are just going to cut the pod now. And I am just going to copy and paste what he just said after everything I say for the next hour and a half. And uh. so when you only hear the same thing from Brad, at least I'm admitting to it. Uh, yeah. Cause he hates my takes. He hates my takes. Most yeah. It's time. a good pick. Most it's of a good time. pick. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I, I'm actually going to pivot here, believe it or not. So, so I, I had Matthew Stafford on the board. I did. Uh, and I think he's a great value play and in, he's QB 18. I'm not going to talk about his stats. Most people are aware of how good he is. And now he's in that high flying Sean McVay offense with good weapons. So on and so forth. Just, just real quick, because he's the value play. He's yeah. the QB one. That's not a QB one at, at QB 18. 100%. Um, yeah. 100%. Talk about the loss of acres, the signing of Sonny Michelle, what Daryl Henderson brings. Uh-huh. What it does and what we've heard out of camp, because we talked about it like two or three days ago. Um, yeah. Of what they're doing in Rams camp, because there's we're too low as an industry on Matthew Stafford. You and I may be too high, but as a whole, it's <laughs> yep. too low. So just talk about the Rams real quick before you give me your value. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like Eric said, we're getting these words out of camp that if you go and you watch camp, all they are doing right now is chucking the rock. He's throwing deep to Cooper Cup in practice. He's throwing short to Robert Woods. They're getting Van Jefferson involved, Tyler Higby involved. There is a lot of throwing going on in camp right now. And with the loss of Cam Akers, that's just going to continue to increase. That run-to-pass ratio is going down. They're going to throw the ball more because, one, Matthew Stafford wants to throw the ball more, and, two, Cam Akers is hurt. And with Cam Akers, there's not really much there. Sony Michelle is not a guy that you're going to trust to carry a workload. He's a guy you're going to bring in, and I mentioned it before, he's going to fill what I, I correlate to that Malcolm Brown role. He's going to be that guy on third down, short yardage to get you the first down. He's going to be that guy inside the five. They're going to give the ball to to try to pound the rock in or at least give the defense something to think about instead of, hey, this ball's going on an end around to Robert Woods or a fade to, to Cooper Cup, or I'm going to you know try to hit Tyler Higby. So I, it gives 
defense is at least something to think about. But those camp reports talking about the fact that all they're doing is throwing the ball, and you've seen how good Matthew Stafford can be. He's got a 5,000-yard passing season under his belt already. Mm. That was before 5,000 yards was cool, right? That he's got the best, I think, overall wide receiver core that he's had. I love Calvin Johnson. I love Golden Tate. But I think when you look at the way the offense is run, the how good Sean McVay is, I think there's a world where you could say these guys are are quite as a whole uh, that that wide receiver tight end room is the best that he's seen right now outside of Calvin Johnson. So I, I'm excited for him. I hope any the guy's what 32 years old, right? This guy's yeah, got, I think he just turned 33. Did he turn 33? They, but so, he's got his contract. They traded away all that draft yep. capital. He's the guy. When you look at the receiving core, the people we're not talking about. Tutu Atwell is a threat. You want him on your fantasy team? No. Do you want him on your quarterback's team? Yeah. Deshaun Jackson, same thing. Uh, Van Jefferson is completely slept on. So, yeah, uh, overall, just a fantastic situation. And, and I love how you brought up how he, essentially what you're saying is Sonny Michelle's a meat grinder. So I can't say Malcolm yep. Brown because that's not that doesn't really fit for me. I'm thinking more when you look at, like, uh, the Cardinals last year. He's like Kenyon Drake, right? He's got a pound the hell out of that. We gave him his 200 carries, maybe 100, 175 Ooh. because they do have Daryl Henderson. <laughs> Just slam him into the into the defense yeah. and uh, just just wear him down so that they have something else to look at to set up a play action. Um, and one thing about the Sony Michelle because they were like, why would they go get him? First of all, Sony is a talented running back. He does look healthy for the first time. It, well, it feels like a decade. But if you remember back the Super Bowl that they lost to New England, the reason they lost it was because of Sony Michelle. They yep. wanted a guy that can show up in big situations that can carry the rock situationally. That. The moment is not too big. And as much success as Sony has had in New England, we can talk about fantasy aside, just NFL. I mean, winning winning rings, being the guy that probably should have got the MVP if it wasn't Aaron Donald on the other side, even though they lost. Uh, just the chip on his shoulder because he's already counted out. He's 26, and people think he's toast. So uh, he's ready to roll. Yep. I don't know if I want him on fantasy, but I am happy he joins those Rams. Okay, yep. give me give me your value play here. Give me your value. So, so I'll make it quick because I've talked about this guy before, and I know it's a you don't even know who I'm going to say right now. I'm I'm surprised, but I'm going to go with the QB 27 on sleeper ADP, and that is Derek Carr. It is unbelievable to me that this guy's is really coming 27? off. Twenty-seven. He is the QB 27 in sleeper there ADP. Is. It is nuts. It is nuts. This guy, the lowest he's been was QB 20, and that was his rookie season. It's like, the, not to mention the fact the guy has had nothing since his MVP caliber season when he had Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. Now he's literally just been throwing to Darren Waller the last couple of years. And then whoever they decide to bring in and throw at, oh, hey, Nelson Aguilar, and he makes Nelson Aguilar look good and gets him paid in New England. They Hunter bring in Renfro. John Brown and say, hey, throw the ball to John Brown now. Hunter Renfro in the slot. We hope that Brian Edwards can be something. We hope that Henry Ruggs can actually get the opportunity to catch the ball deep, right? But that offense just doesn't really lend itself to that necessarily as much as we would like to hope. But you surround this guy with solid wide receivers, and you've seen him give you QB1 production week in and week out. That season when he was QB12, he was – very consistent, very consistent. 
A lot of that was Michael Crabtree and that touchdown presence in the red zone, but it doesn't matter. You give him those weapons, he can do it. He was QB 14 last year, and all he had was Darren Waller. That's it. That's it. Brian yeah. Edwards was hurt. Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, mediocre rookie season. And then Nelson Aguilar, who was reborn in Vegas after he left Philadelphia, right? Uh, so I, I think Derek Carr is a smash. He's younger than uh, than Ryan Tannehill. He's younger than Matthew Stafford. He's only 30 years old. He's just too good. Now his his contract is something to pay attention to. It is starting to come up. I think he's got two years left on it, and there is a little bit of an out after this season for yeah, him. So this is pretty much it. But they are talking yeah. about extensions again. He did just have a career year. Yeah, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are anomalies to me because they are yep. forever like going to be replaced. <laughs> Why? Yep. Why they didn't win the Super Bowl? Look, Tom Brady wins every year. Hey, <laughs> what do you what do you want from the rest of the league, dude? Yep. Uh, if yep. it's not Tom, it's Pat. If it's not Pat, you're looking at the other hot shots, Allen and Lamar. They can't all do that. Uh, yep. That's a great pick. That's way yeah, better than And over the, the last four years, you've seen an increase in yardage every year. You've seen an increase in yep. touchdowns. As, as you've he seen gets consistent up. interceptions. It, his his completion percentage is getting better. Uh, now, it did dip a little bit, but he had, I mean, 2019, he was like a 71% completion percentage or something. They opened up the offense in that John Gruden, yeah. in that John yeah. Gruden offense. So, so I, I, I love the guy, especially at QB 27. So this is why this is why Dynasty is fun because people want, they, they want to have, they want, well, to a point that we'll get to the bus in a second. They want, um, they want their rating and their Twitter roster to get likes. They want yep. people to think that their team is good, and they lose track of just sneaky value and sneaky ways to win, sneaky ways to win. Like, I win multiple titles every year. That's not a brag. That it's I, I'm in a bunch of leagues, man. I'm in double-digit leagues, so that happens. I think that happens. Otherwise, you don't have the money to do it, and your wife gets pissed. Hence, Fantasy Affair was born. Right, your <laughs> affair was born. Uh, I got to talk to other people to keep making money so that we can help other people because uh, I, I need a I need somebody to talk to now. I'm in year like in year eight of Dynasty. I'm like you know I'm running out of running out of angles. I need somebody to give me some new tricks. But uh, this is why it's fun. So just just from a like aspect of a Dynasty trade, real quick on the spot, bam! You surprised me with Derek Carr's smash play. Jalen Hurts is quarterback twelve. You trade Jalen Hurts for Jameis Winston and Derek Carr. Absolutely. Jalen Hurts will be going in the second round of startups. Jameis Winston and Derek Carr at quarterback 27 and 29 will be going at 111, 125 in Dynasty Superflex ADP. That is the 10th round. So would you trade your second rounder for a ninth and a tenth? No, right? No. <laughs> no. Should you? Probably. And so anybody that thinks a, a dynasty startup is a level playing field is not playing the game right. And this is how you take advantage of people constantly, constantly, right? You, I'm not telling you to go trade your second for a ninth and a tenth. I'm telling you to trade your second. One of your top four picks for two picks between rounds five and eight and a future first. And then you take one of those picks between rounds five and eight and you flip it for a nine and a ten. And you scoop this value and you get all these futures in whatever year you can get them, 22, 23, 24. Some people could trade 25th, which is not pen and paper style. So that's how I started when you're writing it down. You got to remind people, do you don't have a second, man? 
<laughs> Sorry, dude. You traded that six months ago. I got the text message right here. So um, pay attention to that values values key. We're going to go really quick here because we don't want to root against people, but we are going to put bust out there. Um, talk, talk to me about your shiny new toy, uh, how he's a bust, and, and why. And this is specifically for ADP. Yeah, so if you've heard me talk on Rookie on the Rise with Eric and Britt, the at the FF Sandman on Twitter, you'll know I was pretty low on this quarterback coming out. And I'm not going to take any of these rookie quarterbacks above some of these guys that we talked about, right? So the, the, the bust that I'm talking is Trey Lance, and it's solely because he is currently going off the board as the QB 10 and I just, I didn't like him coming out of college. I think he has accuracy issues. I think his footwork and the way that he positions his body, it's just not, it's conducive to him not being a very accurate quarterback. And you're seeing that. This guy is at a 46% completion percentage against twos and threes in the preseason. Like, I'm, I'm not impressed. So, it's starting to solidify for me that what I saw on tape from him and what my concerns are, are things that Kyle Shanahan are going to have to coach out of him. Now it doesn't mean that he can't, right? I'm not, I, I'm not fading Trey Lance completely, but at QB 10, I'm, I'm out big time. Yeah. And I think that's fair because he's quarterback 10. So we talked about what we're going to do in season and how we're going to bring it to you. Now we are going to bring this live stream. Right, Fancy Fair presents Maddie Daddy presents all gas no breaks. However, we're going to name that uh, every Wednesday. Coming at you talking about Thursday matchup and, and just hot items on the docket. Whatever Matt decides to bring at you, Brad will be there too. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Maddie Daddy FF. I get that right this time. That oh, is yeah, correct. Man. Hey, oh, yeah, dude, charm. I think every it's day. Third time. <laughs> we will also have the hot by happy hour dropping on Tuesdays to help you with those waiver wire pickups that will clear on Monday. Right. I'm sorry, that will clear on Wednesday, so we're going to give you Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, we will drop ours on Friday, and then we have the DFS docket. Uh, let me talk about Hot Buy real quick, middle of the show. Sorry, a little commercial. It is Quinn Cusky. That's Quinn underscore Cusky, Q-U-I-N-N, Cusky with a C. Sam underscore Gordon. Samuel, Samuel. underscore. You did, you did it this time. Samuel underscore Gordon. Uh, and then they got the new guy. Do we have the new guy's Twitter? Look that up for me while I, while I delay because he's fantastic, and he's very active on Twitter. He's worth the follow. All these guys are. Uh, they are going to give you this hot buy, which is it's a, it's a load of fun. Uh, they like to get together uh, virtually. Uh, two of them live together. Quint, Quinn and Colby live together, and, and they, they'll smoke cigars. They'll talk some cigar talk. They, they like to sip their bourbons, their beers. They talk to you about just, just regular guy stuff, man cave shit, right? But they also have these new segments where they are – bringing fantasy in this hot, like quick hitting setting. And it's fantastic to watch these guys grow. They are going to drop uh, every Tuesday. They're going to hit you with waiver wires. They're also going to do a waiver wire article. Quinn is going to do that. It'll be on that website, FFFair.com. Currently uh, under constructions, we're trying to revamp swap platforms. So the the third guy, Colby Garbin at BeefGarbin36. That is B-E-E-F. G-A-R-B-I-N 36. B-E-E-F G-A-R-B-I-N 36 as my co-host laughs at me for efficiently <laughs> taking something off his show sheet oh. and throwing it on the live air. Uh, but oh, we love man. that. The DFS, of course, is with uh, at Vandy Grad 92. That's Brian Craighead, Cash Crusade. 
And that, that'll probably drop Friday or Saturday. It's just so you have enough time to set your lineup, but it's still relevant. You don't want to do it too early. Uh, but we were talking about what we're going to do in season. You know, well, Brad, what are we going to do, man? Like, we can't talk waivers. This is dynasty, man. My, my roster's 25 deep in like a shallow-ish league, plus the taxi squad. I said, I want to look at trends. And when I started playing, what was it, like 2000, 2013? I'm crazy. Um no one was taking quarterbacks. Nobody gave a damn. And 2014 was uh, outside of Sammy Watkins was a pretty good class. 2017 was a smash spot. 2020 was as well. And so I got this idea in my head to do things in threes and, you know, rule thirds. I, I wrote a nice article about that. At least I think it's nice. And I, I wanted to think of how do we put this in perspective for people, how it's grown, how Dynasty Twitter and the community and the fact that we went from like, you know, a couple thousand people with pen and paper, like they used to do at the racetrack to like a million plus drafting on ESPN alone. Like, how does it change dynasty leagues? And one of the biggest things is the quarterback position. You look back just two or three years ago, and there will be maybe two quarterbacks taken in the first round. And you look at this year, and you're just talking about like eight, nine, ten out of a 12-team league. Like almost everybody's leaving the quarterback. A lot of people like to leave with two. They just want to go get there too. So those running back guys are in heaven because they get theirs and they get their value plays late. Um, I know that's Matt's strategy. It's a little bit of mine as well. I I rarely end up with the hot commodity, whereas a couple of years ago, I got Kyler Murray in the fifth round of a startup. I was like, fucking dope. He's the number one overall pick. He's got wheels. Goes in the same offense. Sweet. That's not happening anymore. So Trey Lance at QB10, it's not just QB10. You're talking, you got to spend your first pick on a guy that I think his completion percentage is good, right? Clearly not in the preseason, but you look at his one year. He took an entire year off. He was at South North Dakota State. North Dakota, yep. Uh, they run a pro-style offense, which has been talked about. You can just Google it and just look up 100%. Trey Lance, and you will be yep. impressed with what's going on. Kyle Shanahan, what he gave up and what he does. Kirk Cousins was the top five, top six, top ten quarterback three years in a row. Why was that? That was Kyle. So there is a lot of upside. The 10th guy, your first pick is a guy that 100% sitting to start the season. Anybody thinks Trey Lance is going to start week one, you're nuts. Will he have packages? Yes. Will he score some touchdowns to piss you off and ruin Debo and Ayuk and Garoppolo and anybody other other than Kittle? Absolutely. Absolutely. Will he start? No. No. Will he throw the ball 20 times? No, dude. You're looking at Taysom Hill on on steroids. Uh, So quarterback 10 is very high. For a bust, though, because this is dynasty, where's – Trey Lance's ADP going to be next year. I think it's fair to say it's going to go down. I think it's fair to say it's going to go down because whenever he does get the, you know, the reins, it's going to have to light it up. And if he does sit a whole year, that's going to hurt the the hive mind mentality. And if he does come out, he's better light it up because Tua went what like six and three, threw three picks in the last game. Other than that, he had yep. ten touchdowns and and what, one or two interceptions. Look at it, way over double. People don't give a damn. Yep, right? went People from a, a, a 101 type of draft pick, yep. before, obviously, before he got his hip injury to even then, that Even then. People, people like me, aren't uh, people love Ray Garvin. We were yep. both like, he's my quarterback one. He's my 101. Um, so, we'll see. And, and and even if he does shitty job and then he comes out and lights it up in camp, right? Tua is getting nothing but glowing reviews, right? He had one yeah. review early on where he threw like three interceptions in a practice or something like that. 
right? But since that, he's had a great preseason. He's play, he's looked good in practice, and everybody's yeah. like staying super low on him. So it's I think the same thing can happen with a Trey Lance if he comes out and plays even mediocre and then comes into camp and plays like crap, people are going to start to fade him just like they did to it. All right, we're going to move on here to my bus play, uh, which is it's just low-hanging fruit at this point. Now, he's court, currently quarterback 24. Uh, <laughs> everybody's seen him. I don't know if he's seeing ghosts or if he needs LASIK or what excuse this man has. Uh, but at quarterback 24, it's very hard to fall off at 24 years old. I just don't think that Daniel Jones of the New York Giants will be a quarterback in the NFL next year. I don't. I think you're looking at a Drew Locke-type situation where they're going to bring in somebody to push him, and he's going to fall down. And so he's my bust. Uh, I don't see him doing much here. We're looking at you know two years. This will be his third year. You hope this is his breakout. Never. He had 3,027 yards as, as a rookie, so I can't say he never did. Uh, hasn't played a full slate yet, which is very interesting. He does have some wheels and some rushing upside, which is why he kind of has upside in, in fantasy. But he ran for 423 yards last year and was quarterback 24. So I just don't, I just don't see it. 11 touchdowns, 10 picks. The year before that was okay, 24 and 12. This will be his second year in in the same system. That's good. He will get Barkley back. Uh, they did sign Kenny Galladay, Ingram. We hope he's okay. Darius Slayton. We hope he's okay. Uh, Katerius Tony was drafted in the first round. So he's got the punt returner on his side. We know he's got that going for him. I, <laughs> I just, I just, and, and Sterling Shepard, I'm not out on Sterling Shepard either. I'm cool with wide receiver threes because you need that depth. Uh, we, unless you're just a super team, which happens because we are all in dynasty leagues. We're like, what the hell happened, fellas? Or you take over an orphan. You're like, that's why this guy left. It's not his team. It's yours. <laughs> um, but I just don't think Daniel Jones will be a thing come this time couple weeks out next year in 12 months. I don't think that Daniel Jones will make it in the NFL. You got any rebuttal to that whatsoever as my bust for quarterback? Zero. Zero. Sorry, Danny Dimes. Sorry, Giants fans. But brighter days are on the horizon because they do have weapons, man. He's got everything right there. So maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. We don't ever root against somebody, but we do have this segment and it was just too – it's just low-hanging fruit. Sam Darnold last year, I thought Sam Darnold was dead. For some reason, he went to one of the best spots instead of them taking Justin Fields. Come on, Carolina. Let's move on to the running back spot here. We're kind of running out of time. Let's talk breakouts. We both had the same guy. I did throw up somebody else, uh, which you can listen to my full breakdown on Rookie on the Rise. But Chase Edmonds, I'm going to go first. Is that cool with you? Absolutely. Yeah. You're the host. You do. Why are you so nice, man? What the hell are you drinking today, dude? Uh, It's actually not nice. It's called it's called Space Station Middle Finger. So I'm actually giving you the middle finger every time I take a drink. It could be an invitation in some states. (laughs) Stay out of West Virginia, man. Uh, Chase Edmonds, RB26 off the board. He was RB25 last year. He's in a contract year. He's in. He plays in a high volume offense. Really, what gets me is is the similarities between Chase Edmonds. And Austin Eckler, let me look up Eckler real cool, real quick. Chase last year, 97 attempts, a little under five, a carry, 67 targets. He did score five touchdowns, was RB25. Austin Eckler before his breakout where he was running back four in 2019, even with Melvin Gordon coming back, right? The year prior to that, 106 carries instead of the 90-something. 
53 targets instead of the 60-something. So it's it's eerily similar, crazy efficient, right? He, have, he had a little over five yards of carry. Now, he, he gained more in 2019 at 132 instead of 106, but 132 carries, that's in anybody's wheelhouse, right? So 97 to 136, 135. He went from 53 targets to 108. So now you're looking at a guy that might be left alone with James Conner, the only guy in his way, going from 67 to over 100, right? We know he's a great pass catcher. Uh, we just hope the touchdowns go up as Austin Eckler only scored 11 in 2019. It's those receptions. He had 92 catches, almost 1,000 yards through the air for Austin Eckler. And when I'm looking at a just a breakout at running back, I think that my guy this year at running back 26 with very little investment is Chase Edmonds. Um, and so I'm in on that. I'm a fan in PPR leagues only because you need the receptions to count. And with that offense, the amount of times that they that they run plays, just how fast they run plays, Kyler Murray, Hopkins, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, who may or may not still be there, later Fitzgerald, who may or not may or may not return. I mean, you're looking at a high-profile elite offense led by Kyler Murray. Now, Chase Edmonds' knock on him is he's had, I think, one carry in the red zone or inside the five in his entire career. He's probably not getting those carries. Those carries generally go to Kyler Murray. I think they're going to throw more often this year than they did last year. Less design runs, more scrambles, more bootlegs, more abilities to, to have both kind of actions. And Chase Edmonds last year had 11 targets inside the red zone. So you can keep your carries and give me my targets because a target is worth more than a carry. Statistically, Chase Edmonds at RB26 seems like a prime breakout candidate. That's the guy I'm going with. Who is your running back? Just a real quick question. Are you worried about Arizona based on what you're seeing in the preseason? Because it does not look good right now. No, and in, in the last game, last couple games, they don't even have their offensive line. Uh, Kyler Murray didn't even want to play. Like he was trying not to play. And and Cliff essentially said that you need the reps and forced him out there. So not really. Uh, also, the worse the offensive line, the more, the less time the receivers have to get open. Now, that might hurt the offense overall, but I think that might help Chase. It's it's really that James Conner um, – isn't the pillar of health week in and week out, at least for an entire game. Uh, I think he'll be using the Kenyon Jake role. I think Edmonds role is going to grow. And what just, it's just the similarities to him and Eckler are great. Like we're looking at small school. We're looking at hyper-efficient. We're looking at a pass-casting back and an offense that, that likes to run a lot of plays. Uh, he does not have Phillip Rivers. He does have Kyle. So yeah, that hurts him because Kyle can move. Um, but Kyle's a quarterback and likes to check it down. So yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a breakout. I, I mean, what's he got to do to break out? Finish anywhere close to 12? Anywhere close. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I bring it up is people fade and react way too much to what they hear or see in preseason. So when you hear that the Arizona Cardinals had three drives for minus one yard or whatever it was, people <laughs> was start to good. panic, right? So that's that's why I wanted to pose you with that question. So. So my breakout at the running back position is a guy that, that people were really high on, and I was actually pretty low on coming into the draft last year, the rookie draft last year, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's currently the RB14 by ADP. He, he finished the season as the RB22. He played 13 games, but even of those 13, he left three of those games early, right? So really we're looking at like, maybe 11 and a half games in total if you're looking at time and whatnot. 
And through week 11, before he really started to have his kind of injuries pop up, he was the RB10. He was on track for 70 targets. He was on track for over 1,000 yards rushing. So you got to love that in an offense of Kansas City where you've got a guy who's looking at he's he's most likely rushing over 1,000 yards and he's going to be getting 70 targets. That is clear top 10 territory right there. So I don't, I don't know that there's a world where Clyde Edwards-Alaire, barring injury, knock on wood, doesn't finish above – you know, RB 15. I, I just don't see it. The volume is there from a pass passing work perspective and a rushing work. They moved Damian Williams, even though he sat out all year last year, Clyde was getting the majority of that, those carries early on in the season. So I, I love uh, the, the Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick at RB 14. And he is my breakout at the running back. position. I think this is how much that the dynasty community is plugged in. He was RB22 as a finish. And generally, people would fade that. He is still RB14 overall. That rookie contract connected to Andy Reid. I think that's a fair spot for him. So what Brad's essentially saying is he's he's got that top five upside. Now, there will be debate. He only had 53 targets. Again, he extrapolated out. He missed all those games. He's coming off the flu when he comes back. Uh, He lost 12 pounds. Uh, he's not a very large gentleman at the running back position anyways. It takes its toll. Uh, they don't need him, so why force him out there? Uh, but we saw him in the Super Bowl. Yep. We saw him in the playoff run. He looked good. He looked spry. Uh, this year we haven't seen very much in the preseason, and that's going to dog him. We haven't seen him getting all the reps. It's going to dog him. I think these are good things. I think this is what you want. You know who else we haven't seen in the preseason? Derek freaking Henry, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> Nicholas Chubb. It's okay. It's okay. I think that's a good pick. Uh, but RB14, I do think it's a fair spot. It's just, and again, top five upside. Well, we're, we're going to talk about bust here. Uh, and when you look at the elite guys from last year, they're aging. They're aging. How many years can you do it? How many years can you do it? Somebody, somebody from this 2020 class is going to pop off. Unfortunately, it can't be Dobbins. Jamestown gets another run. Everybody loves Gibson. If I, if I had to plant a flag on a running back, it would be Antonio Gibson. But when I look at his ADP, what is he? I think he's 12. Yeah. I think that's yep. fair. I mean, that's where I would take him. So I don't think that's much of a breakout. Well, well, and you got to think that you want to get out ahead of this, right? So in CEH, sophomore season, let's look at next season. Now you've got CMC at 26. You got Dalvin Cook at 27. You got Derrick Henry at 29. Nick Chubb at 27. You got some of these top tier guys that are going ahead of CEH right now past that running back apex. So now you're looking at a guy who most likely, assuming he doesn't have any anything, uh, you know, you know, they don't bring somebody in, which I don't know why they would, you see his ADP rising in the next offseason, I can imagine, right, uh, where some of those top-tier guys are starting to slip down the board based on age. Fantastic. Let's move on to value plays here. Uh, we both had the same guy. I did throw some honorable mentions out which is funny because they're RB 16, 17, and 18, and we think that they are the value. Uh, You make your play, and then I will tell you why my two guys should be in consideration. Yeah, the only reason I didn't make this guy a breakout is because he's already done it once, and that's Austin Eckler running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's currently going off the board as the RB 16. This guy was the RB 4 just two years ago on the back of 108 targets and 180-something carries. 
they come in with a new coaching staff. They come in with a new offensive coordinator, and everybody says, oh, my God, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara light, Joe Lombardi in New Orleans. Okay, well, here's the deal. Joe Lombardi didn't call the plays in, San, in New Orleans. But if you go and you look at where Joe Lombardi did call the plays, where his two years as the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, Eric, you're guys. So you probably already kind of have some of these numbers in your head. So let's look at that. Joe Lombardi in 2014 targeted the running back position 108 times. I just said Austin Eckler RB4 with 108 targets. 2015, 164 targets to the running back position. 99 of those went to Theo Riddick in 2015. Joe Lombardi uses his receiving running backs. Austin Eckler is phenomenal. I don't see a, a, there is not a snowball's chance in hell that he doesn't end up with a hundred plus targets at the running back position. It's not, it's not happening. Right. And the guy's already shown you, he can finish as a top five RB with 108 targets. I think that's in the cards again. So I think it's a huge value play RB 16, Dude, this guy could get hurt and still be the RB sixteen. Like, knock on wood again, right? I don't want, I don't wish that on him. But he's returning on that kind of regardless of the situation. So Austin Eckler running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, and when you look, you said twenty twelve, right? Uh, twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. Twenty fourteen. That was oh, Joe Lombardi. We're, we're, we're looking at the uh, the Theo Riddick, time, right? And, yeah, and that was twenty fifteen. Theo Riddick was twenty fifteen with ninety nine catches. Cool. 99. 99. Damn, I'm sorry. 99 Theo. targets. 99 Thank you. targets. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great value. The, the thing about against Austin is that he's already on his second contract. He's 25. It'll be 26. Yada, yada, yada. But you're looking at year to this year. I mean, he, <laughs> there's only 12 RB1s, right? I think yeah. he's got to be one of them. Like in redraft leagues, he's a, he's a first or second round pick. He's probably a second round pick for me. That is an auto draft if he falls to me in a specific spot. Now I got Aaron Jones over him. I can see going the other way. I know you have Nicholas Chubb. I have Eckler over that in PPR leagues. Uh, I'm going to talk about two guys right after him. Jacobs and Monty at 17 and 18. Uh, the reason these guys are values, first of all, running backs gain more value between year one and year two than any other year period. Now there are exceptions, but it's a rule of thumb. Just do that. Do that, okay? Josh Jacobs, coming off a subpar rookie season, gets all this hype, ends his running back eight. Now he's dead. What is that? Monty, coming on, coming in with all the volume, and as much as he struggled in year one, still had value, comes off RB, what was he, RB4 last year? Dead. Why? Why is that? They're both about to get their second deal. Both of them will get paid by their respective clubs. They will. Whatever it is, I don't know. It'll be multiple years. You get into rookie contracts at a discount, specifically through the draft. But then if you get an opportunity like this, you do it, right? And then you flip them as soon as they get that second deal. Now, once they get that second deal, we saw Nick Chubb just get a second deal. Almost surely going to go off, right? Because they got the they got the bag. They're going to pay. They're going to do well. It's just that you want to get out of here early. So that's why 17 and 18 come up. Uh, my value play, though, that I do want to bring up, uh, is Damian Harris. Damian Harris for the um, the Patriots, right? Let me check yep. this ADP, man. I bet he is way the hell down here. Uh, he, he's, he's kind of forgotten because of how New England uses their running backs. 
And I do think that it's going to be tough to get a large contract for him. He's going to have to leave town. Someone will pay him, though. Uh, RB34 for Damian Harris. Talk about a value play right there. Bingo, Brad. Um, so yep. Mac Jones looks like the truth. Cam Newton looks fine. It's good. It's so tough to not start the rookie as, as New England. It's so tough to not start Mac Jones over Cam Newton as the season goes on. They have a fairly tough schedule to start. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost two of those games. They're going to want Cam to start until after they face the Bucs so they don't have to have the rookie against Tom Brady because the comparisons are through the roof. Uh, I understand Mac has been playing against second and third teams. I understand that Bill Belichick hates rookies. I just know that this offense fuels pass-catching running backs, hence the reason that they have no true wide receiver ones and never do unless they go get a guy through free agency for a very specific window. So I think that Damian Harris at running back 34 will assuredly rise in ADP. In fact, he may rise in ADP after the Sonny trade, even though Sonny isn't the threat, is Ramondre Stevenson. James White is still there. That's the threat. Like last year, we thought Sonny would be the threat, and it was Rex Burkhead, Sexy Rexy. So, uh, But as a value play at RB34, you got any problem with Damian Harris? No, I don't. I think it's good, especially with the exit of Sony Michelle. So, I mean, he's going to get that first, second down work and, and goal line work. Uh, I, I don't see Ramondre Stevenson getting all of that. Now he is going to eat into some of it. So I do think it caps his upside just a little bit, but I definitely think he's a great value play at 30. Would you say it would be 30 set, 34? 34. Yeah. 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 Now the thing about running backs though, which is why they weren't initially, that's why we both had Eckler. Uh, and then, I think Jacobs and Monty get a shout out, but we both had Eckler because if you're not a top 10 guy at running back, it doesn't really matter what the name is. You can rotate them. You can try and stream them. Good luck with that. Get all the Gaskins and David Johnsons you want. Um, it's just that you want Eckler was the value play because Eckler has top five upside in an offense. It looks like they're going to use him exclusively. I don't know if he'll get a third contract, but he sure as shit will look good this year. And at RB 16, uh, you can flip him in the offseason after you get everything out, which is what you want to do with running backs. Uh, let's go to bus plays here. Again, busts are never, never fun. Uh, this is another guy on a rookie contract. Tell me why Miles Sanders is your bust play here. Yeah, he's going out. He's he's coming off as the RB19, and I, I flip-flop around him because I think, he, you know, I was originally kind of leaning towards him as like a value play, right? RB19, that's a that's a pretty good floor for a guy who's going to just touch the ball, you know, 200 plus times a season. But then you start to look at it. He hasn't touched the ball 200 plus times. Number one, that's with Carson Wentz at the helm. They still have Boston Scott. They bring in Kenneth Gainwell. So that passing work that he got his rookie season where he had 50 catches, that's gone. He's, he's not getting 50 catches. He's going to be in that 20 to 30 range. So you could pretty much throw that out. It's not really moving him up the ranks at all. The guy averaged over five yards a carry last year. He looked good when running the ball. The, the new problem now that's going to cap his volume and that upside that we kind of hoped for him is Jalen Hurts, right? That rushing quarterback, he's going to steal some of those rushes at the goal line. He's going to steal some of those rushes at, uh, you know, in the middle of the field. So I see a world where this guy stays in that 170 to 180 yard attempt or 170 to 180 attempts in the season with 30 catches. And I don't know that that's that's not even good enough to be RB19. 
right? So I, I think there's a world where you're looking at Miles Sanders getting replaced next season, or at least they draft a high draft capital running back or sign a free agent or something of that nature. And he's just going to be up shit Creek at that point, And his ADP is going to be way lower than RB 19 come next season. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fair. Uh, we saw them. It's not necessarily a high draft capital. Third, was he the fourth round or the third round? Kenneth Gainwell. He, well, no, I'm saying in the future. I know, I'm uh, saying this year. Where did oh, Kenny yeah, go? he was a late, he was a later, he was a day three guy. Okay, so yeah. that's that's round four. Uh, but he's still a high-profile guy. So they added a high-profile handcuff, kind of like a Tony Pollard situation. Uh, they have Boston Scott there getting a lot of work. It doesn't look like they're fully capable or, or fully willing to give Miles Sanders the credit he's due to be a fully capable bell cow. He's not a bell cow. He's going to be have to be hyper-efficient and break the game, which we've shown he can, just like Saquon Barkley style. I mean, coming out of Penn State, people were saying Miles Sanders is going to break that. Uh, and then the guy's name escapes me. There was another guy coming out of Penn State that I'm sure Britt Sanders at the FF Sandman is talking at the pod right now. He's listening to it days later uh, that was coming out that had a, a heart defect and it was forced to retire. So they were talking about how Barkley could suddenly be the third best running back out of Penn State. Um so Miles Sanders' hype was unreal. And this is why I said you want to sell him after year one because he had five games where he blew up. Kenyon Drake, same thing. He just blew up in 2019. Flipped the hell out of that because for them to sustain that is unreal. Now, we do see Christian McCaffrey and Barkley do it. We do see Elvin Kamara, but even then, they have a top 10 year. It's a drop-off, Zeke, and stuff like that. They're, it's a rare breed, right? If you could sell Monty at that top four price, anybody would have done it. The thing is, you could still get him for like a future first. So that's why I think he's a value. Uh, but yeah, I think Miles is a, is a fantastic bus rate, especially with with um, Carson Wentz apparently going to play all those games. Uh, but he he might miss some, which makes it a second set of first, which means they only have two first-round picks next year. Deshaun Watson's on the table. Mm, so who knows? Who knows what's going to go on? But if uh, Jalen Hurts is the starter, he will not have, a top 10 running back on that team. My bust rate is Derrick Henry, who is currently going at RB6 in super flex startups. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. This is age-related. Guy had 2,000 yards, was number one in standard, as he freaking should be. Number three in PPR, which is crazy because he doesn't catch passes. He's old as far as running backs. The age is coming. If you draft him or trade for him, you now have him rostered until he retires or falls off. So this is not somebody that I want on my team. Uh, so no matter what Derrick Henry does, because we're looking at this as a dynasty's perspective and kind of like an ADP game, no matter what Derrick Henry does, he will have a lower ADP next season. Even if he runs for 5,000 yards and 87 touchdowns, he will not be RB6 going into the 2022 season. Let's move on to wide receiver here. Pick up the pace a little bit. Talk to me about your breakout. Uh, it's, it's your guy, man. It's your guy. This, this is my call. I've been talking about it for a long time. It's Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers. And, and maybe I'm a little too high on this, this offense right now, but I think Justin Herbert and his willingness to chuck the rock, Mike Williams and his downfield capability, his, uh, you know, his contested catch type situation, this guy has the skill set and the tools to be a monster at the wide receiver position. He is still in his prime. This dude's only 26 years old. 
He's in his rookie contract still. This guy is they picked up his fifth year option. He was the seventh overall pick by the by the San Diego Chargers at that point in time. This guy's coming off the board as the wide receiver 56. This is a guy that you've seen go over a thousand yards in one season. It's where you've seen him go for double digit touchdowns in another season. You've got the hype coming from Joe Lombardi talking about how he's the X in the offense. And Justin Herbert, like I said, he's coming in in his second season in the NFL. He's more comfortable now. It's the same team, obviously a different offense with new coach and offensive coordinator, but the same line, uh, the same uh, wide receivers, uh, same running backs. They did bring in Jared Cook, so that's going to help him a little bit as well. But I, I see a situation where Justin Herbert continues to ball out, and Mike Williams is going to be that deep guy. He's not going to be a high-volume play, right? That's Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's getting the volume. Austin Eckler's getting the, the volume. What Mike Williams is going to give you are those four catches for 100 yards and a, and a deep touchdown, right? He's a guy who's going to give you 60 to 70 catches if he plays 16 games and he actually plays all 16 and doesn't go out multiple games halfway through the game, he's a guy who's going to give you over a thousand yards and give you double digit touchdowns. I'm putting my mark in. This guy is a top 15 wide receiver next season. And his, his ADP is way, 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 way below that right now. I'm going to kind of leave that alone here. I'm going to kind of leave it alone because We've seen a thousand yards. We've seen double digit touchdowns. We haven't seen it in the same year. I, I just don't think he can stay healthy. But my guy that I picked, it's the same crap that it's a health driven thing. <laughs> um, so as I scrolled, I thought about going with well, this is breakouts, man. It's where you want to give somebody the goods. So my first thought was T. Higgins. Uh, he's wide receiver 19. Mm, That's too high for man. me. So I'm going oh. to scroll down. My my second thought was just it was almost the same thought. It was Jerry Judy after after they named Teddy? He's wide receiver 23. Yeah, I think he's going to go up. I think this will be his breakout season. Is he going to pop into the top 10? I mean, let me just list the top 10 because it's really not going anywhere. Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, DK, AJB, Adams, Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley, Lamb, Chase. So you could probably put Hopkins down. Maybe Adams drops off. Adams will still be 29. Diggs will be 29. Hopkins will be 30. So Hopkins comes out. Look at all the guys that are trying to replace that. Allen Robinson should jump in there. Michael Thomas, for whatever reason, is 13. He'll be 29. Chris Godwin's, what, 24? Uh, Cooper is still there. Mike Evans is still 27 years old. So I'm like, T. Higgins is about right. Jerry Judy at wide receiver 23. He'll go up. He's about right. So then I start scrolling, man. I'm looking at vets. I'm looking at guys that have already done it. Gordon Sutton, DJ Chark, or right around 30. I had to keep going. I'm looking for a breakout candidate that has popped, right, that has shown it has a reason that people are doubting him. And I ended at wide receiver 37, Mr. Debo Samuel. Debo is going at 37. Ayuk is going at 20. I think that is fair. Let me just talk about Debo. Debo had a better rookie campaign than Brandon Ayuk. Debo had a better rookie campaign than Brandon Ayuk. Go look it up. It's better, right? And then he did all that he did in the playoffs. And coming off that season before the freak foot injury, and we know a foot takes a year, at least a year, he was like one of the most highly touted young wide receivers to get. And people would discount him like they do Amari Cooper. I don't think I'm getting a true one, but I'm getting one of the most badass wide receiver twos in the game. Wide receiver 15 to 10, 
maybe 17 to 10 every single season. Uh, he's only 25 years old. And we've we've heard him. Okay, Kyle Shanahan is a hell of a coach, and he lights a fire. And he said shit that made me want to sell every share of Debo I had because he put him on blast like he did Dante Pettis, like he just did Jalen Hurd, where he's like, look, man, you're not going to make it in the NFL if you do what you've been doing, and it's time to shape up. And I'm not going to do it for him. I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm just going to move on. So if you want to get paid, right, San Francisco does not necessarily have the money. You want to get paid, you better put it together. And what I've seen out of Debo, his work ethic, and how he's put together his offseason, and how hungry he looks, how hungry the GM John Lynch thinks he is. Our guy Bob Long uh, out there at the Expo talked about that during your your expert mock draft. He talked about how you know Lynch is like, dude, we love what we see out of Debo. We don't know what we got out of IU. Now, if if you was it Matt Harmon's perception reception reception yep, perception perception. Yep, uh, he loves IU. And so I don't think that hurts Debo. I think Trey Lance might hurt him. I don't know, man. I just know that at 25 years old, coming up, he's got this year and next essentially to earn that contract with his draft capital, which is a second round instead of a first round. It's like 10 or 11 picks. Actually, you know what? I think it's a clean 12 between him and IU and a whole year. And what he did went on the field. I mean, he's getting targeted. He was there. He had... Came off his foot injury. They eased him in. He still averages – he got 18 and 12 points in week six and seven and left again and was out a bunch of weeks coming off the bye week. Next game, 13 targets, 133 yards. Game after that, nine targets, 73 more. Didn't score very many touchdowns. Only had one uh, receiving touchdown last year. Only three of the year before that. Does have a little bit of rushing upside with those end rounds and stuff because it's a tricky offense. But Debo Samuel, if he's the one – in Kyle Shanahan's offense, he will be a top 12 wide receiver. I could say the same thing about Brandon Ayuk because Kyle makes people good. You, you know who Richie James is? I think he, I think he just hit IR because he's their punt returner. He had one week last year. Anybody who plays DFS knows who the hell Ricky James is. He had one week where he was the only wide receiver that could play for them, and he put up damn near 30 points. Some dude. So you tell me somebody with real talent is going to be the guy in that offense. And I'm telling you, you're looking at a top 12 guy. At wide receiver 37, Debo Samuel seems like a smash play. But again, this is health-driven. He's had health concerns dating back to college. Uh, it is what it is. But you're yep. injured till you're not. And if I'm talking about a breakout, I'm not going to talk about somebody that everybody's talking about. Yeah, you're injured till you're not. Yeah, you're you not get, injured. You, I, I'm trying to remember it because I can never get it right. Yeah. And I hate, I hate ADP. I don't hate players. I hate ADP. I can tell you all the things that you say wrong because they drive me yep. crazy. Seriously, though, <laughs> Debo Samuels is my breakout candidate for the 2021 season. Wide receiver 37. I think he 100% is going up in that ranking. When I look at who is coming out next year, I don't have to worry about another Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith fiasco where you got these rookies in ADP jumping these guys. I think Debo is a smash play. Um, let's move on to the value plays here. You got an interesting one. You got an interesting one. Yeah. A little bit of a vet. You went, you went with the, the injury discount, kind of like we did with our breakouts. Yeah, I absolutely did. And this guy is currently going off the board as the wide receiver 19. Uh, and before last year, he's never finished lower than Q, or, uh, wide receiver 7. Wide receiver 7 was his worst season before last season with his injury riddled. And that was his rookie season. Then he come he followed it up with 5. 
wide receiver six and the overall wide receiver one. That's right. We're talking about Michael Thomas. I, I get it. He's hurt. I get it. He's a prima donna. What wide receiver is not a prima donna? Like all that, that's what they get paid to do is be prima donnas and whine when they don't get the ball or whine <laughs> when the, when the organization doesn't give them the ball enough. Like, look, Michael Thomas is a fucking stud. It is disrespectful that he is the wide receiver 19. He's hurt. I get it. He'll be back. He's been seen at practice now. He was at the, the latest preseason game sitting on the bench. He was seen catching passes from Jameis Winston, joking around. He's back. He's worked it out with Sean uh, Payton. They talked about Sean Payton even talked about it. Yeah, we had a conversation. It was a good conversation. We let out the laundry. We took care of it, and he's fucking working, and he's ahead of schedule. This guy's going to come back. He's going to be a stud-wide receiver with Jameis Winston, a real quarterback at the quarterback position, not Taysom Hill. You need to get this guy. You need to get him now at the discount. I've got him in a league that I'm trying to rebuild in. I can, I've got guys saying I can only give you a second for him. I, I'm not giving you Michael Thomas for a second, but if you can go get Michael Thomas at 28 and a half years old, this is going to be – he'll be 29 about halfway through the season – 29-year-old Michael Thomas for a first-round draft pick in 2022 of a shit class, I'd smash that all day long. If I'm a championship-caliber team looking to get Michael Thomas as that last piece that I can plug in the back half of the season, I'm taking it all day long. So Michael Thomas, wide receiver 19, it's a it's a huge value play right now. Huge. No doubt. I think that's a good pick, too. Uh, now, he is going wide receiver 13 on sleeper. So sleepers a little ahead of uh, a little ahead of what, what do you say fantasy data, fantasy pros, fantasy pros. So uh, fantasy pros takes all the sites though. So as a hive mind right. mentality, whereas I'm just on sleeper because I know that it's it's something that most of our listeners use. Um, it was so easy to access, right? But yeah, so regardless, he's outside of the top twelve and he should not be. I mean, he's right there with the Hopkins and such. Now he does lose Drew Brees. There's all these knocks against him. That's why he's a value. Uh, I went a little different direction. First, I want to talk about my honorable mention because I have like seven of them. But the one that I think is the most valuable in Dynasty right now is Allen Robinson. He is going wide receiver 12, just ahead of Michael Thomas. The thing is, Allen Robinson is healthy, has the best quarterback of his career, has shown the top top uh, upside, is going to demand 150 targets. He's a lock to me to be top 12. Uh, and he he's 27. He's, a, he's on the franchise tag, so he's going to get paid next year, whether it's with the – the Bears or anybody else, and he, he's so available in all of my leagues. No one is holding on to him close to the chest like they are Hopkins. I get he doesn't have the top five upside in his career. He's got the best quarterback he's ever played with, and he his situation will almost assuredly get better, whether it's Justin Fields that he locks down, he's got him for the rest of his career, whether he leaves town. I mean, it's going to get better for A-Rob, so I, that's my guy that I wanted to bring up. Because as a value play, as a dynasty player, just the fact that I can get a wide receiver one, and he's so affordable. Uh, but we're talking ADP. We're talking people that could rise in this and that won't disappoint. Uh, I saw Paris Campbell, wide receiver 66. This is more interesting now that T.Y. Hilton is hurt again. We kind of thought that would happen. I saw Brian Edwards at wide receiver 71. But we don't know what's up with Derek Carr throwing. I saw Marvin Jones at wide receiver 70. Uh, but he is aging, so this is a one-year production. The guy that stuck out to me, because I'm down here, 
is wide receiver 68. The Atlanta Falcons supposed to take over the wide receiver two or big slot role, and that is my guy, Russell Gage. Russell Gage last year finished his wide receiver 37, but if you pay more attention, anytime that Julio Jones was out, Russ got fed. Now, this is a PPR league, okay? But we're talking from like week, I don't know, 11 on. He had single digits twice. He put up 25 once. Uh, he's, he's over 15 in all the other games. So anytime he gets upwards of seven, eight targets, this man is going to put up low-end wide receiver two numbers. He is in an offense that throws the ball what, well over 600 times a year. Now they have a new coordinator, but they also, their running back is Jane. Uh, what, what's his name? Mike Patterson? Davis. No, it's Mike Davis, right? That, that I don't believe that, right? What is Mike Davis going to do? He's not going to tout the rock 200 times. So they're going to use a whole bunch of people. Uh, Cordell Patterson, that's the other two. So you got those two combining to be some sort of weird running back like tandem with Quadre Olison, who had one carry the year before. Um, look, they're not going to be a juggernaut running the ball. They don't have a very good defense. They're going to be down 14 from the coin flip. So they're going to do nothing but chuck the ball. Russell Gage is 25. He looks like he, it, if he earns the role, which we expect him to. I said this a lot last year that I was in on Russell Gage, but it was going to be interesting to see what the new coaching staff did because they have no attachment to the 25, about to be 26-year-old. How much would they even pay him if he stayed? But it looks like this is his chance to earn his way into the NFL for the rest of his life. Uh, he is still you know, 25 years old. We talk about Terry McLaurin is 25. We talk about all these guys. Terry will be 26 by the time the season starts. Uh, and this guy at wide receiver 68, 100% can put up top 24 numbers. Uh, I got Russell kind of pegged in right now as as a somewhere around 15 somewhere around that Brandon Cooks area where he gets a thousand yards seven touchdowns and he just does it based off pure volume and he doesn't have to be special and as long as Calvin Ridley is healthy he's facing the two um in an offense that chucks the ball all over the all over the field he's 173rd overall I mean you're looking like 14th 15th round of your startup like I just don't know how Russell Gage doesn't make it onto my roster uh, coming into 2021 if I'm doing a startup. And if I'm trading for people, a 100% is the guy that I look up and see who else they have that I can make a lateral trade and add him. You know, let me let me get Allen Robinson and Russell Gage. I'll give you Keenan Allen in a second. So I get younger instead of Keenan, I get Allen. Uh, and I like that, and then I get Russell for a second. Crap like that. Um, let's move on to our bust here. Bust again. This is we don't hate the player. We hate the ADP. We're talking about where their ADP will be going forward. Uh, you ended up with another rookie here because if you'll learn anything about Bradley, he does not like how early rookies are going in ADP. Talk to me about your guy. Yeah, it just seems silly to me. I'm a guy who I, I want to see it on the NFL field. There's too many variables between the college game and the NFL game. There's so many Trent Richardsons of the world. There's so many Darius Hayward Bays of the world Sam where Watkins. they come in. Yeah, they come in with all this hype and they just let you down. So I would rather put myself in a position where I know the value that I have and I can move and maybe pay up for that rookie rather than draft that rookie and then get screwed with them later on because they weren't what everybody thought they were. 
And that's why I'm going with Jamar Chase, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you've, again, if you've listened to myself, Eric, and Britt talk on Rookie on the Rise, I've not been high on Chase since before the draft. This has literally nothing to do with his preseason drop issues or the camp reports or anything. I was not high on this guy. This is a guy who met a lot of my pet peeves. One year of production. That's it. Albeit it was historic in nature, I get it. He only did it one year. I don't like that. I want to see multiple years of production in college or see you get better over time, and you didn't see that with him. You just saw his explosion as a sophomore with that LSU offense. Then he took a year off. He's not a great route runner. runner. He doesn't have a lot of quickness. He's fast, but not a lot of quickness. Camp reports are bad. Like all of these things that I see on tape where he's a physical specimen. Don't get me wrong. This guy's a physical specimen, but he's not a tactician by any shape of the imagination. And he doesn't have quickness. His The way I see him create separation is physically using his hands and his arms. Very DeAndre Hopkins-esque, right? I'm not comparing him to DeAndre Hopkins, but that's how DeAndre Hopkins has learned to win at the next level also. So I'm, it's within the realm of possibility. This guy's going off. Hasn't touched the field yet, other than preseason games where you've seen him drop play, drop balls all over the place. The wide receiver, 12. That is asinine. That is asinine. There are guys like Chris Godwin going behind him. That is just – Chris Godwin's just better. He's just better. So I, I, there's, there's guys that are going behind him that I would much rather have over him, and I want to see him do it right now. I don't believe that wide receiver 12 is going to increase – going into next year not to mention i think t higgins is the alpha in that offense to be to you know to be. i'm gonna leave that one be so <laughs> he's wide receiver 10 according to sleeper just sleep just sleep um how can it go up now we look at tyreek at one two three four is justin jefferson who just had the best rookie career ever dk and ajb so when i'm looking at and then cd lamb is at nine just just barely ahead of Jamar Chase. When I'm looking at Jamar, I'm not really looking at the 2021 season. I'm looking at the 2022 season. It seems like a classic case of let somebody draft him, get way overhyped, tell you he's better than Devontae Adams, way halfway through the year when he's struggling, and then go get him. That is what you want to do with Jamar Chase. So as, as being somebody that drafted him, that thinks that there are three offenses I want to get into this year, uh, maybe four with the Rams now emerging as Cam Akers go down. But that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I don't believe in the run game. Love Tom Brady. That would be the Dallas Cowboys because uh, as much as I love Zeke Elliott, man, I think all those weapons are going to go off with Dak Prescott because they don't play defense. And then that would be the Bengals because any, those three teams, I think, can throw the ball 50 times in any given game. Now, you can talk to me about the uh, the Buffalo Bills, but that's just the dig show, man. It's just the dig show. I don't give a damn about Beasley. I love I love Gab- Gabriel Davis, but it is what it is. Manuel Sanders you almost said Gabby Davis. I did. Freaking I did. Brit. I did. I've been having too many noodles in my life. So, oh. um, but it's it just is what it is. It's digs. And you could talk talk to me about Kansas City, but again, that is Kelsey. And that it, I'm sorry, Kels, whatever the hell he wants to be called. It's Travis. It's the beard, the beardless wonder. And that is Tyreek Hill. And that is what it is. So outside of that, I'm looking at Tampa Bay with all of those weapons. I'm looking at Dallas with all those weapons. I'm looking at Cincy with all those weapons. So. I think that Jamar Chase is going to have a fantastic season as a rookie, and he's going to blow up in 2022 uh, and deserve what we all thought he would be. But he is wide receiver 10. Can he really go up? 
can he really go up? Like he'd have to be Justin Jefferson, who is still not number one. So uh, I think that's fair. I went with, let me see. I went with DJ Moore. Like DJ Moore is fantastic. And I picked Darnold as my little breakout crappy ass quarterback that has to go up because I think he's going to suddenly belong in the NFL. Uh, for better and definitely for worse. DJ Moore is wide receiver 15, according to Sleeper. 15, man. That is just way too high. He will drop off. He is getting older. He will prove to be this the most beautiful, sexy wide receiver two in the league right there with Amari Cooper, who is actually going two spots below him. Um, there's just so many people that I would I would have on my team in replacement for DJ Moore and be okay with it. And if I get anything on top, it's just that's how you win dynasty league. So let's just look down several spots. T. Higgins, we brought up Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, and the list goes on. Cortland Sutton's way down here. You know, and then I love my vets like Robert Woods and stuff like that. Odell, Debo, yada yada. If I can get any of these guys and something on top, I mean, these guys are way down the list. You tell me I can get Cooper plus for DJ Moore. I'm going to do it every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I just think he's a bust. I don't know how he can go up. Now, it's the touchdowns are the problem because the yards are there. The yards of the catch are there. Um, they lost Curtis Samuel. They bring in Terrace Marshall, which I think is the worst rookie that they could bring in for him because he fits a specific role. And I think it might put DJ – look, Terrace loves the slot, but I think it might push him more into the slot so they can get him the ball in his hands and he's going to turn into like a Juju Smith-Schuster type where he's always wide receiver 14, 15, 16, something like that. What you got, Brad? So we're, so we're talking dynasty. Uh, you know, we hear Robbie Anderson get his two-year deal. Yeah. They just draft Terrace Marshall. Is DJ Moore a buy because you think he's going to go to an offense that he – gets paid and is the alpha and doesn't have to worry about not getting touchdowns or is he still kind of a fade for you? No. When I look at the overall cap situation for Carolina and the amount of wiggle room they had, when I look at Robbie's deal and how they'll probably push it out, you know, it's just how it's structured. And the fact Terrace is a rookie, uh, Chris McCaffrey's already paid. Darnold is there for two years. He's paid. So as long as Darnold pays out, they'll have the money to pay DJ Moore. Um, the reason I don't think he's going to get a bump, he's wide receiver 15. He can't go up to me. He just can't. Because there's so many veterans that are going to finish higher than him year in and year out. This is where he is. This is what he should have been valued at all along, not a top five guy. This is this is who he is. It's fantastic. I just don't see him returning anything on investment. And then Sam Darnold, how many touchdowns can he throw? You know, And who are they going to go to? And the, the biggest thing is when you are a top five guy, the offense runs through you. Let's just go through them again, man. Tyreek Hill, he's the man. Justin Jefferson, he's the man, right? They both have Thielen and Kelsey, but he's the guy. DK Metcalf, he's the guy. He's got Tyler Lockett, but that's really it. A.J. Brown, now they added Julio. That'll be interesting. Devontae Adams, he is the only show in town. Stephon Diggs, only guy in town. DeAndre Hopkins, what, is A.J. Green a thing? Is Connor and Edmonds a thing? No, he's the only show in town. Kelvin Ridley is the only show in town. Okay? So to bump up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How disrespectful everybody's just flavor of the month right now. Okay. And Kyle Pitts can be Pitt. number two. Everybody has a number two, right? But when you look at the wide receiver position, he's the only guy that it's it. He's the guy. Everybody has a second. Everybody, every Batman has a Robin, right? Except for Devontae Adams, that poor bastard. I guess Aaron Jones, maybe. But the the, the offense in, in, in who? Robert Tanyan. 
new number. Who dis? So <laughs> when I look at Carolina, it's Christian McCaffrey. When I look at the wide receivers, honestly, the wide receiver to own there is Robbie Anderson, who caught 95 passes and for whatever reason is left for dead, finishes wide receiver 19 in PPR leagues, just got a contract. Terrace Marshall looks good in camp. What the hell, man? Dan Arnold was signed? Fuck Dan Arnold, right? He's going to get some targets. So I just don't see how DJ Moore can be anything other than a bust going into 2021. Now, we skipped over tight end. It's the big guys and a whole lot of muck. We can talk in circles, and someone will be right, someone will be wrong. It doesn't really matter. But I I continue to try and call these late-round tight ends, and I've hit a few in recent memory, and I wanted to try and bring it to the listeners again. There are four on my list that are criminally underrated. we got Austin Hooper, tight end 21. He's available in every league, including my 16-team Superflex leagues where nobody wants him, but somehow you can't get a tight end. I think he is somebody on the radar in that offense because they got the two big names. They got Odell. Hopefully he's healthy. They got Landry. Love him. Hooper got paid all that money. It's year two. Stefanski's been trying to get him involved. You watched him in the preseason. They run plays specifically for him. Uh, tight end 22 is Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was one of the big three. Like when the big three started, he was number three. It was him, Kittle, and Kelsey. And he set records and receptions. He's only two years removed from that. He is not dead. He's 30 years old. He's fine. He plays for Philadelphia. He wants out. They eventually will have to let him go. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. He will most assuredly get a bump in some form. I don't think he's the 22nd best tight end in the league. So what is he, tight end eight? I don't know. I think he's top 10, though, like Gronkowski style, right? Old man style. And he's tight end 22 in startups. I think he's a steal. Jared Cook also makes my list here at 25. Donald Parham is my breakout of the group um, because I, I love his 6'8 athleticism. And you're connected to Justin Herbert. So I think that's the, the, the bingo bango. And there's one more name because I didn't want to list him because I hate him because he used to be a lion, yada, yada, yada. 10 and 31 for Eric Ebron. Get out of here. They throw the ball too many times. He's going to outproduce that ADP. So those are my tight ends. Hooper, Ertz, Jared Cook. My sleeper is Donald Parham and the guy that I don't want to mention but cannot not mention, Eric Ebron. Uh, what do you got for us? Let's get these listeners out of here. Yeah, for me, it's just just Austin Hooper. That was the guy on my list. Tight end six, two years in a row on the back of just 70 catches. He had 70 targets last year in 13 games, so there's no reason that he cannot be a top eight tight end next year uh, and return on that tight end 21 draft capital. So I love it. And I, I expect that offense to take another step forward this year. So, so I'm pretty excited for that. So I like that call, but FF at FF bourbon dude on Twitter, uh, look out for the website, FFaffair.com. It's under construction. It's going to be hitting hopefully here soon. We're going to have some a, a nice little stats tool available for you. Uh, we're working out some kinks to try to get it on there. So hopefully that'll be a kind of a one-stop shop for you to get any stat or advanced analytic that you may want. If you look for something and it's not in there, guess what? Q&A. Go to the website. There's an ask a question. Ask us, hey, why don't you have blah statistic or analytic We'll get that. We'll do everything that we can to get that on there for you. So so check it out. Again, fffaffair.com. Fantastic. Don't forget that family network of um, podcasts, man. We got the Cash Crusade with Brian Craighead. We got Hot by Happy Hour with Quinn Kusky, Kobe Garbin. God, I hope I'm saying that right. Kobe, we got to talk. 
And uh, Sam Gordon, Samuel Gordon, Samuel underscore Gordon. I know I got that one right. Don't forget about those live streams. Uh, Maddie Daddy, all gas, no breaks, joined by Bradley Stickler, dropping every single Wednesday. You can follow us on Twitter. Please follow the main pod at Fantasy Affair FF. You can find me at Eric Burkholder 6 for anything and everything fantasy football. Don't be afraid to slide into those DMs. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts. We need that. One more thing. we got a promo code with our combination with the Dynasty Nerds. FF Affair will get you 15% off Nerd Herd or the GM tool, whatever you decide to sign up for. Uh, be sure to use the code, people. FF Affair on the Dynasty Nerds website. Thank you all for listening. Cheers, fellas. Later. <laughs>